Life Church, how we doing today? We feeling good? We're alive and well. It's well with your soul, all that good stuff. Hey, a couple announcements before we get started. Uh, the first one is this. I don't know if you know this or not, but next week is Easter. Like that's, that's weird that we're already halfway through April. What does that mean? It means that, man, we're going to be celebrating. We're going to be together. We also have our family day coming up. You have your come sit with me cards in your chair. Remember what I said last week? I held this up and I said, if you don't take this with you, we got a problem, all right? Like, we always put stuff in people's chairs, and, and if they leave it, I'm like, why'd you leave it? Because we, like, we, we gave it to you, but here's the purpose. We say at this church all the time, we are not inviters, we're bringers. We don't just invite people to church, but we bring people to church. Why? Because if you invite someone to church, it gives you an out. It says, no, 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 I, I invited them, they didn't come, it's their fault. But when we take ownership and we say, no, I'm going to be a bringer, we're going we're gonna to call them, we're going to text them, we're going to show up on Sunday morning at their house and knock on their door to make sure that they get here. So we're excited for Family Day next week. We're excited for Easter. Something else that I'm excited about is May 5th. We have our baptisms. We're going to be having them in service. I know Brittany talked about it a little bit just a few minutes ago, but we're pumped for that. So make sure you sign up. I had someone else come to me this morning. And say, hey, I want to sign up for baptism. So we're excited for May 5th. And I, I, have, to give, I have to give a shout out uh, to the uh, Liberty Prep Theater Department because their performance of All Shook Up has been absolutely phenomenal. Can we give a round of applause for them? So Kenzie, Emma, Aliyah, Owen, Seth, and Casey, they're all part of our youth group and they're in the show. So they have their, their final show today um, at 2 o'clock, I believe, right here. That's why the stage is yellow and green and pink and all that good stuff because they have their performances going on. But the last couple weeks we've been in our crossover series. Let me remind you of our theme verse. Joshua chapter 1 verse 2 says this, crossover into the land that I am giving you. I don't know about you, but for the past two weeks, the messages that I've been preaching have been punching me in the face. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm just up here preaching to myself, but for the past few weeks, they've been challenging. A couple weeks ago, I started off with this. I feel like God asked everyone this question, do you trust me? Do you trust me? We saw it exemplified when Peter walked on water, and we see it in our own life. I told you, for me, I'm continually challenged. I'm continually asking myself that question. Do I trust God as our church body and family continues to grow as we're walking through this building process? But maybe, maybe you're in this process as well. Maybe you're asking yourself this question. Think about it. Maybe you're trying to grow your family. Do you really trust God? Maybe you've started a business or you're a business owner and, and you're going through a different season. The question is, do you trust God? Maybe you're stepping into a season where you're about to get married. Do you trust God? Maybe you're on the other side of this thing and, and, and retirement is getting really, really close and, and you're almost going crazy because you don't know what you're going to do when you actually retire. I see a, I see a daughter tapping a father's shoulder right now. I'm not going to look over there. But the question is, do you really trust God? I, I told you that I'm actively living this. And, and, and I, I tend to respond like this. Yes, I do. But. Yes, I do. But I, I want to be a good leader. Yes, I do. But I want to be a good steward. Yes, I do. But. And I always try to fill in this blank. What is it for you? Maybe you would say, I do, but does God really know what I'm going through? 
I do, but does God really see my situation? I do, but it shouldn't hurt this bad. I do, but I feel like I've been in this season for too long. Last week, we dove in a bit deeper. We can move past I do, but when we give a deeper yes. Think back to Abraham last week in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Scripture says this, sometime later, God tested or he stretched Abraham's faith. This entire story is the culmination of Abraham's faith being tested for 25 years. Think back to Scripture. God gives Abraham this promise that he's going to have a son, and it took Abraham 25 years to receive that son. You would think that his faith was stretched or tested for 25 years, and then God says, hey, I need you to give a deeper yes. We talked about Abraham and Isaac last week, and and for some of us, we're living in that season. We're saying, God, you've stretched me, you've tested me for for a long season, and I I just want to rest. God, God, I just feel like I, I need a moment to take it easy. I've gone through hard season after hard season after hard season, and now God is saying that he wants to stretch you more. But church, what I'm learning is, is that this stretching leads to our crossover moment. Let's pick back up with our theme verse. Again, Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. Crossover into the land that I, that I am giving you. Let me give you some historical context. So Moses, at this point in time, Moses just died. And the Lord speaks these words to Joshua. Cross over into the land that I am giving you. The Israelites are standing on this riverbank. Ultimately, the river stood between their past and their future. The river stood between their history and their destiny. In Joshua chapter 3, God told Joshua to take the priests and the Ark of the Covenant and leaders from the 12 tribes and to walk in the water. And as they carry the Ark of the Covenant in the water, and as these leaders walk into the water, Scripture says that water began to pile up on both sides, and the Israelites crossed over on dry land. That story sounds familiar, right? Think 40 years prior. Think about Moses. They're they're running from the Egyptian army. They find themselves in front of the Red Sea, and, and where are they? They're between their past and their future. They're between their history and their destiny. And God tells Moses, reach out your hand. And what happens? The waters part. And the Israelites walk through on dry land. See, crossover didn't start with Joshua. But but crossover didn't start with Moses either. Let's geek out a a little bit this morning. I want to take a look at You can kind of pin this. I'm just kind of going to read through it for a second. But in Genesis chapter 14, verse 13, Abraham is described as Abram the Hebrew. Let me break that down for you. The Hebrew word for Hebrew is Evram. And Evram means those who cross over. See, crossover started with Abram. Remember, according to Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. So if you step into a relationship with Jesus, what happens? You receive the promises of Abraham. Well, what were the promises of Abraham? He was Evram. He was crossover. Crossover isn't just something that you do. Crossover is who you are. We are crossover because we're heirs to Abraham were made to cross over. And this, is, this can be a pivotal moment in your life. It was a pivotal moment in my life even when I was just writing this sermon. 
Because this is, this is what I told myself. Zach, you weren't made to be stuck. You weren't made to be stuck. I think a lot of us in the room, if we're not careful, we live on the riverbank. We live between the past and the future, and we never know how to fully cross over. Individuals will say all the time, man, I feel stuck. I feel stuck physically. I feel stuck mentally. I feel stuck emotionally. I feel stuck spiritually. But let me speak directly to that. That's not who we are. It's not in your DNA. It's not who you were meant to be. And you say, Zach, how can you have such a positive outlook on life? Remember what Henry Ford said. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Psalm chapter, or excuse me, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says this. Or for as he thinks with him in himself... So he is. Psychologist Carol Dweck puts it this way. It's the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Man, I've come to believe that too many people don't live out of their destiny and don't live out their divine design, not because they're not physically capable, but it's because they're mentally trapped. And if I had to go a step further, I would say it's because they're spiritually weak. See, Scripture says it. Science confirms it, but everything starts between your ears. At Multiply Church, we have four pillars, and we want to help everyone find life, freedom, family, and purpose. So for you to cross over into your destiny, you have to kind of take a look at those pillars. And this is what crossover means for us today. The first one is this. We're made to cross over from death to life. You can jot that down, put a pen in it, because I'm coming back to it at the end. The second point is this. We're made to cross over from bondage to freedom. Remember who the Israelites were. They were slaves back in Egypt. God had to get the Israelites out of Egypt, and then he had to get Egypt out of the Israelites. Pastor, what are you saying? I think many of us, what we do is we live like we're free from our past. We, we've gotten away from what we were addicted to. We've gotten away from what pulled us away from Jesus. We've gotten away from things that we used to do. But for some reason, we let them live inside of us, and they come up like this. I'll never be good enough because I, and you can fill in your own blank. So we can get out of Egypt. We can walk away from the things that we need to walk away from. But for some reason, Egypt still lives inside of us. So God had to get the Israelites out of Egypt. And then he had to get Egypt out of them. Many of us have been delivered from Egypt. We've been delivered from the past. We've been delivered from the fears. We've been delivered from the failures. But for some reason, we can't cross over. We can't move past it. Like I said earlier, I'm a firm believer that it starts between your ears. I think there's a couple camps in the room. And the first one would be this. You come to church every week, but internally you walk around like you shouldn't even be here. You feel like you're not good enough. And then I would say the second group is this. You just started coming to church maybe for the first time ever or maybe for the first time in a long time. But there's some commonalities. See, regardless of the group that you find yourself in, you, you say things in your head. You'll never say it out loud. But you'll say things in your head like this. Your, your past is too dark. There's no way that I'll ever be good enough. If people found out who I really was back then, they would never accept me now. I'm going to get a little bold for a second. I get it. Listen, some of us slept around in college. I get it. Some, some of you, like you were raging alcoholics. 
Some people in the room, maybe you've walked through a divorce. Maybe you've walked through an affair. Maybe you've walked through irrational fear. And maybe you're not the parent that you wanted to be. We all have this stuff that we're not proud of, but those are just moments in time. They're things that you have done, but it's not who you are. Now, here's the deal. We can't ignore these things. We can't act like they didn't happen. But we can't let these moments define us. Only one thing can define you, and that's Jesus himself. If you allow anything else to define you, then you're really not standing on the word of God. You're standing on your past. Don't let anything define you except for Jesus. Think about the woman at the well. Jesus walks up to her and he says, hey, woman, your sins have been forgiven. Go and sin no more. What if Jesus stood in front of you today? And he called you by name and he said something like, hey, Zach, your sins have been forgiven. Go and sin no more. We would begin to cross over into our destiny. We would begin to cross over into our future. But for some reason, again, we live on the riverbank. We live between our past and our future. We're made to cross over from loneliness to family. Let me geek out for just a second. In Exodus, as soon as the Israelites cross over, the rest of the book of Exodus is about the building of the tabernacle, which is a representation of how worship looks like in heaven. Scripture kind of pinpoints a few different things. We see the Ark of the Covenant. We see instructions for the ministry of the priest. We, we hear about this idea of sacrifice we see the covenant, we see the Sabbath, that day of rest, and then we see festivals. So immediately after they cross over the Red Sea, their salvation moment, the Bible dedicates 17 chapters to corporate worship. And then in Exodus chapter 40, it ends with the glory of God filling the temple. You say, Pastor, that's in, that's in the Old Testament. Well, great, let's talk about the New Testament. See, the, the New Testament, the, the word for church is ecclesia, which means the gathering or the assembly of the called. I'm a firm believer that throughout Scripture, the community of God is formed within the context of corporate worship. We have a society that is crying out for community. We have a, so a society that's trying to belong somewhere. And I'm a firm believer that we need, corp or we need a gathering place, but gathering places begin in corporate worship. Tony Evans writes it like this. He said, I hear people say, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And they're absolutely right. Salvation is through faith alone and Christ alone. But you don't have to go home to be married. But stay away long enough and your relationship will be affected. Those married people in the room said... That's where you say amen, you know, like when we talk back to each other. If I stay away long enough, my wife's going to let me know. If you stay away from church long enough, I hope that someone is letting you know. And then in the book of Deuteronomy, this is all going to kind of wrap up at the end. In the book of Deuteronomy, what, what do we see? We see Ten Commandments. And if we're not careful, what we do is we look at these Ten Commandments as rules and regulations, as do's and don'ts. But it's really God teaching us how to live in community. He says, hey, I need you to gather together. Corporate worship is important. So let me show you how to gather together. Let me show you what to do and what not to do. It's not rules and regulations. It's just guidelines to help us live in community together. And then scripture talks about all of these festivals. 
And I believe this, that this is what it looks like to love each other, to be a good neighbor, to celebrate together. So God gives us these guidelines so that we can celebrate together. And that's why we say here at Multiply Church, hey, get in a group. Do stuff you love with people that you love. Uh, this is my, my saying that I've kind of coined and y'all make fun of me for it. But I'm going to get in your grits for a second. Here's the deal. If you walk out of these doors and you say something along the lines of, I don't feel like I'm plugged into that church. I don't feel like I'm, I belong to that church. And I would say this about any church you visit, not just our church. I would say, hey, you know what? That ownership's actually on you. Pastor, that's a little harsh. Why do you say that? Well, I would follow up with questions like this. Hey, how often do you actually go to church? How often are you actually involved in corporate worship? Hey, what group are you in? Oh, you're not involved in a group? That's probably why you don't feel plugged in. For us specifically, hey, are you signed up for the men's retreat? Are you signed up for the women's retreat? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not signed up, but, but I, still don't, I still don't feel plugged in. Well, what are you doing to feel plugged in? We've talked about this a couple months ago. Stop being a consumer where you just walk in and consume and consume and consume and act like things should just be handed to you. So what are you involved in? Where are you going? Say, oh, nobody's invited me. Nobody's invited me to anything. Well, maybe, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe, maybe you should take ownership and start inviting people over to your house. Maybe you should take ownership and, and start a group. Maybe you should take ownership and, and actually sign up for something. We are walking around as a society just trying to point blame. And as long as I can point blame, then I never have to take ownership. And if I don't have to take ownership, then I'm never wrong and everyone else is. Like, what? That doesn't make sense. If I tell my, my four-and-a-half, almost five-year-old to go clean a room, and she doesn't go clean a room, like, that's her fault. It's not dad's fault for, not, for her not cleaning her room. But adults in our society will walk around and go, well, I've never or no one's ever for me. Or, and we start to point blame. We've got to stop this woe is me attitude. Like, I'm tired of soft Christians. I'm tired of a soft society. Like, stop acting like everyone's out to get you. They're not. It's okay. Like, be an adult. Be a grown person. You get to make your own decisions in life. You get to make your own way in life. Do some people have it harder than others? Absolutely they do. But I tell you what, I've seen people from the lowest of lows make something of themselves. Why? Because like Zach Brock says, they just keep showing up. The problem is we don't want to keep showing up. The problem is we want to sit down and act like we can just take the back seat and someone else is supposed to get us to where we're going. Someone else is supposed to pick me up and carry me to crossover. No, crossover is what you do. Why? Because it's who you are. You can't rely on someone else to always do something for you. We're made for crossover. We're also made to crossover from wandering to purpose. J.R.R. Tolkien says it this way. He says, not all who wonder are lost. Man, I, the first time I ever saw that saying, I was coming out of a, co- a bathroom. <laughs> go figure. Um, for those of you who know me, I, never mind. Let's not go there. Um, but I was coming out of the bathroom in, in Tampa, Florida, a restaurant called, it was a coffee shop slash restaurant called Oxford Exchange. And literally right outside of the restroom, there's that saying, not all who wonder are lost. And after I saw it there, I swear to you, 90% of Jeep owners have it on the back of their, their Jeep. It's either a sticker or it's on like the wheel well, right? It's like, not all who wonder are lost. I'm like, come on. Like, you, you might be right, but they who have a destination don't waste their lives. Bruce Lee says it this way, oh, Bruce. 
He says, if you love life, then don't waste time, for time is what life is made up of. Here's the reality. God has a purpose for you. Sure, not all who wander are lost, but there is a purpose and a divine design for your life. And if you wander around aimlessly, you're never fully stepping into what God has called you to step into. There's more inside of you. Now, this is what I know. Sometimes it takes people pulling that out or affirming what's inside of you. I mean, I can look at multiple people in the room and just see God's gift on your life. One of my favorite baseball stories uh, is about Kurt Schilling. Kurt Schilling was a pitcher, phenomenal pitcher, hard thrower. He's famous for like having the bloody sock. Was it a playoff game or a playoff game? Bloody sock, like in the cold, all that good stuff. But Kurt Schilling was a pitcher. He played in the American League, and, and he never really took an at-bat. He would either be pulled out of the game or have a DH or whatever the case may be. But there was an all-star game, and, and Kurt Schilling stands in the batter's box, and you could tell that he had no idea what he was doing, and he's kind of like just... I guess I'm just going to stand here. Hope it doesn't hit me. Like, I'm just going to stand here. And the pitcher throws the ball mid-90s, and Kurt Schilling was amazed. He was amazed at how fast the ball came right down the middle of the plate, so much so that he stepped out of the batter's box, and he says, ump, do I throw that hard? And the ump's kind of standing back there. He goes, yeah, Kurt, you do. Like, and Kurt Schilling goes on to say that in that moment, he realized the potential as a pitcher that was inside of him. What's crazy is we never see what God has called us to do, oftentimes until someone affirms it. Man, if you don't hear anything else this morning, would you just hear the affirmation over your life that God has something inside of you for the world? I don't know what it is for everybody. That's not my job. That's his job. But it's your job to discover what that is for you. And too many people, and too many people walk around, and I, just, I just need you to give it to me. I just need you to give it to me. What if you just started acting and walking and just watched the affirmation come? Don't, don't look for the affirmation of man. Will God send people to speak into your life? Absolutely. But be who God has called you to be. Our series after Easter, we're going to step into this full series of, of living for more. Because I think too many people w walk around day to day, and, and this is what they think. They think, thank God it's Friday. Like, I got the weekend. Monday comes around, like, oh, God, it's Monday. And you're literally living for the weekend. Like, even as you're sitting in here, you're like, oh, I got to go back to work tomorrow. W what if? What if God has you where he has you? What if God has called you there to impact the community that you're in, regard regardless of how the season of life is going? What if you're the voice of God in someone else's life? What if, your, what if your life exemplifies who Christ is on earth for someone else? Don't walk around acting like you don't have a purpose. Move from consumer to multiplier. What would it look like if we had a room full of people that were multipliers in the marketplace? We just show up to work and we consume and consume and consume for the paycheck. I'll make the call. I'll make the sale. I'll do what I got to do. I'm just going to get by until Friday. We can't, we can't live like that. What if, what if you could wake up each morning with a sense of purpose and destiny? What if every day you woke up and said, you know what, God, use me. God, I want to make an impact in my community. God, I want to make an impact with the people that I come in contact with. All of this works. 
All of this makes sense. Crossover matters, but it only matters if we go all the way back to our first point. Because we, we can cross over because we can cross over from death to life. Josh mentioned it a few minutes ago that today's Palm Sunday. It's the Sunday before Easter. And, and today we celebrate what Jesus told his disciples to do. Hey, Jesus said, hey, listen, boys, go get me that cold over there. It's time for me to ride in to the city. So his disciples go and they grab this colt and they bring it to Jesus and, and Jesus rides this colt into Jerusalem. And people are celebrating. What does the celebration look like? It's these palm fronds being waved. Everybody's taking their cloaks off and they're, they're laying it down. And they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Baruch Habab Hashim Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But to fully understand what's happening, you can't, see, you can't understand Palm Sunday if you don't fully understand the Passover. So what is the Passover? Let's go all the way back to our generation series. Let's go all the way back to when we talked about the plagues. It's the final plague of Egypt. R remember what's happening. God tells his people, hey, I'm going to send the death angel. The firstborn of every family is going to be killed. He says, but, but, if you take a lamb, an unblemished lamb, a perfect lamb, sacrifice the lamb, and just put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost, the death, the death angel will pass by, and your family will be spared. The death angel will pass over. Passover and you'll be saved so every year the Hebrews the Evram it's important remember that the Evram were to celebrate Passover every family came to Jerusalem and they were to each have this lamb what we know is it was called the Pascal lamb the, the unblemished lamb the, the perfect lamb and it was to be presented as a sacrifice. Man, this is where scripture it blows my mind. I'm like, God, you're really good at writing this thing. You know what they would call it? They would call it the parade of lambs. And each family would parade their lamb to the slaughter. They would parade their perfect lamb in. So Palm Sunday is the beginning the celebration of Passover the perfect lamb of God again imagine the scene there's this parade and this cult and Jesus is what he's being paraded in palm fronds are being waved cloaks are being laid down it's this celebration what they didn't know this perfect lamb was making his way to the slaughter. Jesus himself was making his way to be crucified. It's a parade celebrating his death because he's on his way to the cross. But remember, the Hebrew language is, is a rich language. It's, it's a language that has a layered 
meaning. Ephraim means people who cross over, but it also means people who pass over. Church, we're only able to cross over because of the Passover. With every head bowed and every eye closed. This is what scripture tells us. The Bible tells us that that the death angel will meet every single one of us. Listen, it's appointed unto every man and woman in this room that, that we will all die. And then scripture tells us there's gonna be a judgment. My only question that I have for you today is this. Is the blood of Jesus applied to your heart? Think back to the plague. The lamb was slaughtered. The blood was put over the doorpost. Why? So the death angel would pass over. Is the blood of Jesus applied to your life so that when you stand before God on judgment day, you'll step into eternity with Jesus? Hey, maybe you're in this room. And again, maybe it's your first time in church in a while. Or maybe you used to go and you're like, man, I'm I'm trying to get back into this thing. But what if, what if God has appointed this moment in time for you to step into a relationship with him? So all across this room, this is what we do. Man, we believe that the most important decision you can ever make in your life is to step into a relationship with Jesus. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you need to step into that relationship. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hands. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. But then we're going to say a prayer collectively together. All across this room, if that's you, I want you to slip up your hand. Ready? One, two, three. That's awesome. Anyone else? Wow. Wow. You can put those hands right back down. And then just repeat this prayer after me. Everybody, say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live wide awake to your love and fully alive to my purpose. In your name I pray. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for the three people who stepped into a relationship with Jesus today? And that's something that's exciting. It's something that's bold. Again, we believe that's the most important decision you could ever make in your entire life. But it's just the beginning. So if you made that decision, if you slipped up your hand, if you said that prayer, right outside of these doors to the left, we have what we call our wide awake and fully alive area. That you would live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to your purpose. We have some individuals that will meet you there. We want to help you kind of begin that journey of following Jesus. Again, this is just the beginning. But we're a family that walks with you day in and day out. Hey, just a reminder, we have those come sit with me cards. Invite. Nope, we don't invite. We bring bring somebody to church next week. We're excited for that. Also, if you're a Davidson College student in the room, Coach Jackson will be in the lobby. Go see him. He has some important information for you. But until next week, let's continue to love Jesus and change the world. We'll see you guys next week. Hey, thanks for joining us today at Multiply Church. We can't wait to see you again next week, either in person or online, as we continue to love Jesus and change the world.